College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. We ain't gotta get hype yet. We ain't gotta get loud. Y'all better get ready, sit. Cause it's about to go down. Happy to have you with us with Joey Galloway and Greg McElroy. I'm Wendy Nix. We will get straight out of the tunnel this afternoon with a live look at Grapevine, Texas, as we look ahead tonight to the first college football playoff rankings. Those are set to be released tonight. We will discuss the anticipated season debut of the first rankings, again, revealed tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. We'll take a look at the All-State playoff predictor to see who has the best chance to make the playoff. The top four teams with the best chance to reach the postseason are all still undefeated, but Clemson remains in the hunt with just that one loss. Oregon rounds out the top six. We'll say hello right now, though, to ESPN senior college football writer Heather Dennis. And, Heather, you could see the committee has chosen to meet in person, so take us inside that room tonight. Wendy, it starts on Monday morning, just how vastly different it is from previous years when every single selection committee member has to take a rapid daily antigen test and wait for their results before the meetings can start. I'm told that everyone tested negative this week. Now, when they go into that room, obviously they all have to wear masks. The meeting size has more than doubled. They're in about 1,500 square feet this year, so they have enough room for six feet apart. But obviously, Wendy, the biggest difference is trying to compare resumes of teams that some have eight or nine games, some have three and zero records. Well, look, there's no question, mask or no mask, that is the really difficult task at hand. So what in particular, Heather, will you be watching for tonight? I'm very curious to see how high Cincinnati can rise, Wendy, because when you look at them on field and on paper, they can make a case to be in that number five spot ahead of both Texas A&M and Florida. Because when you look at Cincinnati, they are number four in strength of record. When you look at Texas A&M and Florida, Florida's only win against a team 500 or better is against Georgia. And then when you look at the Aggies, the only team they beat with a winning record was Florida. So how do all three of those teams stack up? I think that's going to be very interesting tonight. All right, Heather, we'll be watching as well. Thank you. We'll go back to Joey and Greg. Uh, I'll ask you each the same question, guys, but Greg, start with you. Take me through your top six if you were making the decision at least tonight for the first set of rankings. Well, this is merely a snapshot of where it's at right now because I won't have it like this at any point moving forward because I am very confident in what the Clemson Tigers are going to do down the stretch. However, at this point, 
I'm just going to have Cincinnati in at the four spot. That would be the one area where it'd be a little bit dramatic. I think Ohio State being at number two ahead of Notre Dame, based almost exclusively on eye test, I think Ohio State and Notre Dame have both had moments. For instance, yeah, Notre Dame's win against Clemson was excellent. Ohio State's win against Indiana was excellent. Ohio State scored more points. We saw Notre Dame look very average against Louisville. So this is still a very early picture of where it's going to be. I would still say that teams four and five, being Cincinnati and Texas A&M for me, they don't control their own destiny. Those teams are merely a placeholder at the moment because if Clemson can run the table, they'll easily be in the top three. If we see Florida beat Alabama, then they obviously would find their way into the playoff as well. So teams four and five, uh, they probably won't be there for very long, assuming things happen the way I expect them to down the stretch. And Greg, I agree with you on, on your top three. I think Ohio State fits in at number two. A lot of people are looking at uh, a close win against an Indiana team, probably closer than most people thought. I think there's a 20-point favorite. They end up winning by seven. Uh, I don't necessarily think a close game is an issue because Notre Dame also had a close game against Louisville earlier in the season, which, again, doesn't really matter. This will play itself out uh, later on, especially for Notre Dame and Clemson in the ACC championship game. But I do have Clemson sitting at number four and Cincinnati five. And, Greg, you mentioned – eye test. And so if you're going to use eye test in, in part of your rankings and say, you know, put a Cincinnati, uh, a Texas A&M and a Florida and then move Clemson all the way down, uh, I don't know that you're using eye test in that situation. Now, believe me, I believe that Cincinnati is a really good football team. I, I like what they do on the defensive side. Uh, they're physical. They run the football, which is why I have them at number five. But if I'm going uh, eyeball test, which I think this season, uh, more so than any season in past history with doing the rankings and, and the, the, you know, the meetings in the room, they're going to have to go by eye test because there's not a lot of uh, common opponents between a lot of these teams this season. So eye test is important. And if I'm using eye test, I don't know that I feel comfortable saying that uh, Cincinnati or Texas A&M, uh, who I have ranked number six or even a Florida at this stage, looks better than the Clemson team we've seen uh, with Trevor Lawrence, uh, with James Skowski, with all of their guys healthy. If I'm using eye test, I don't see how Clemson can't be in your top six. Let me go back to you, Greg, about Clemson. And to your point, you expect them to be just fine when they do play. They've had a tough stretch with some of these games that have been canceled. But what I will say is this. I mean, there's the eye test, but they don't play a lot of – they don't have a lot of tough matchups left. And you have to wonder, does that come into play, their resume, so to speak, even if they run the table from here on out? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the win against Miami, and Miami has not looked great. They've won games. They haven't looked great. So I think depending on where Miami lands here in the first release of the top 25, that's a really interesting possibility because that is kind of the one great win that Clemson will be able to point to in the regular season. But – the beauty is the regular season doesn't matter that much because if they get to the ACC championship with only that one loss and they avenge that one loss against Notre Dame, they're fine. So right now, the reason why I don't have them in there, we talk about eye test. Well, the last two times out, they didn't look very good. I called the game against Boston College. They looked very anemic on the defensive side. And we can talk about, well, Trevor Lawrence is out. Yeah, well, DJ Uyunglele looked pretty good. The quarterback was not the problem in either of those two last starts. So I would just consider the fact that they've had two bad performances against most teams one. And that's part of the reason why I have them just a a little bit on the outside looking in and partly too because they've had such a long layoff since the last time we saw them.
It's going to be interesting uh, when you talk defense, whether it's Clemson, uh, Ohio State's defense hasn't looked great. Uh, Alabama's defense at times this season hasn't looked really good. It'll be interesting if defense uh, becomes something that that is really respected in this season. Uh, what do you do with a Florida team whose defense also doesn't look very good? This playoff could get interesting. Uh, let's just say you have, let's say Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, uh, Notre Dame, Florida. These teams with these really high-powered explosive offenses that defenses have shown some weakness at some point in time during the season could get really interesting, and we expect to see a lot of points scored when these teams match up with the way these quarterbacks are playing. And, of course, we've got a long way to go. Tonight, just the first of the college football playoff rankings. That group getting set to meet in Grapevine, Texas tonight. And we will see what those rankings look like at 7 o'clock Eastern, live right here on ESPN. In fact, Tuesdays, the college football playoff top 25 show previews the season ahead and how it could impact the rankings. Again, revealed for the first time tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern. And we will have CFP chair Gary Barta and the BYU head coach both guests tonight with Reese Davis. Still ahead on College Football Live, it's been a war of words with Dabo Sweeney and Mike Norville since Saturday's Clemson-Florida State game was postponed. Dabo doubled down today. You know, I've been in this league 18 years. I've been the head coach here 12. You know, they've had three head coaches in four years. I'm not going to worry about advice from Tallahassee. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper. Who will protect their position? The College Football Playoff Top 25 Ranking Show, Tuesday at 7 on ESPN, presented by Allstate. Saturday's game between Clemson and Florida State postponed just hours before kickoff. This after a Clemson player tested positive for COVID-19 and neither school's medical staff could agree what to do next. That set the stage for comments by both head coaches, beginning with Dabo Sweeney. This game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game. And to be honest with you, I don't think it has anything to do with their players. I have no doubt that their players wanted to play and would have played. And same with the coaches. To me, the Florida State administration forfeited the game. And if they want to play Clemson, in my opinion, they need to come to Clemson or they need to pay for all expenses. Other than that, there's no reason for us to play them. We were there, we were ready, and we met the standards. Football coaches are not doctors, and some of us might think that uh, th that we are. But uh, there's, uh, you know, there's a reason why uh, the, those those advisors and and uh, are able to make the decisions from the information that is provided. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate that that uh, that opportunity has you know now been delayed. But uh, there is a reason that those protocols and and the the people making that decision, uh, you know, have that have that job and responsibility. I'm not really worried much about what they say down there in Tallahassee, uh, that's for sure. You know, I've been in this league 18 years. I've been the head coach here 12. All right. Uh, you know, they've had three head coaches in four years. So decisions that, that they make, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about advice from Tallahassee. Well, that was
was certainly one way to go. Greg, uh, listen, there were the initial comments, and then I think you could argue that Dabo sort of doubled down, certainly didn't walk it back. Uh, what's your take on sort of basically accusing Florida State of not wanting to play this game? I think it's a ridiculous look for Dabo. I mean, you are the state's highest employee. You are a leader. And yet you are going on the offensive about how someone feels about a virus. Look, you are the guy, you are the coach that had a player test positive on your team. I'm not suggesting you play or not play. I don't care what side of the fence you fall on. If you think they should have played, then by all means. If you think they shouldn't have played, by all means. That is up to you. But the wrong way of going about it is to attack the other side and start going after the lowest common denominator. Right now, he is appeasing the message board fodder at Clemson Tigers rivals message board. That's all he's going after. Like he always, he's talking on behalf of his players. Fine, that's great. But the reality is there was a player on your team that tests positive. So you share the blame and why the game didn't get played. Yeah, I can, you can sit there and you can say, oh, it's exclusively Florida State. It's an excuse. They're trying to duck us. Well, if they're trying to duck you, why are they trying to reschedule the game on December 12th? Why is that? Obviously, not trying to duck you, trying to get the game rescheduled, actively trying to get the game rescheduled. So I just think it's been a bad look. I think Davos handled it horribly. He needs to say less. He needs to take the high road, be classy, say, hey, man, we're sorry that this thing didn't get worked out. We really wish we could have played last Saturday. Our guys wish we could have played. I wish I could have made that happen for them. I owe that to them as their head coach, but I look forward to the opportunity that we might have on December 12th to play Florida State yet again. He hasn't gone about it that way. He's gone on the offensive, and it's been met with a lot of resistance from everyone that isn't directly tied to the Clemson Tigers program. And much like I thought about Ed Ogeron earlier in the year and, and Dan Mullen earlier in the year when they made their statements uh, and, and put football ahead of the situation that we're dealing with at this moment, I think it's a bad look. I, I think that these coaches, uh, especially in this moment, and Greg, you mentioned being leaders, uh, I, I think that uh, in this moment, uh, in your chance to lead, uh, when a lot of people are having issues dealing with uh, the COVID situation and the way things are handled and, and the way decisions are made, um, you hate to see one of the leaders step out uh, and, and sort of go against the grain. I thought the same thing about the coaches in the Big Ten when they did it, uh, when their season was in jeopardy. I just think it's a bad look. But it is interesting to me, uh, and Coach Sweeney, in this situation on a Tuesday, Talking about Florida State, which is something that is now in their rearview mirror, mirror until a game is rescheduled, when they have a game this weekend. And so I would think as a head coach, uh, if your players were addressing something other than the Pitt Panthers on a Tuesday or thinking about something other than the Pitt Panthers on a Tuesday, as a coach, I would think you would think, uh, I want my guys to focus on what we have ahead of us. And a lot of times, especially we in the media, we'll start looking ahead and thinking about uh, what's down the road for certain teams. And these coaches say, no, no, we're focused on the game we have this weekend because that's the most important game. In this situation, that's not being portrayed by Coach Sweeney. He's making it about something that doesn't affect what they do this weekend. And hopefully they're focused and ready to go when they do actually have to play the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, Joey, listen, sometimes less is more, and in this case, talking about Florida State, except in the case of when and if they might actually see the Seminoles, and that's the question, because to Greg's point, they are actively trying to reschedule this game, despite what Coach Sweeney said, so we'll turn to ESPN college football writer Andrea Adelson about where this stands, because Dabo said they got to pay for it, they got to come to us, 
all of that. But the bottom line is, you know, they're trying to reschedule this game, Andrea. They currently are trying to reschedule the game. I spoke with ACC Commissioner John Swafford exclusively, and he told me there's a couple of complicating factors. There's only one open date left in order for this game to be rescheduled. That's December 12th. Clemson wants to see whether they can play these next two games on the schedule, Pitt and Virginia Tech. Pitt is a home game. They want to get this home game in. And, of course, we know anything can happen right now during coronavirus. So the preference is let's get through these two games. Let's see if we can play them. Then we can talk about possibly going down to Tallahassee and trying to play Florida State. But don't forget, this is an open date right now before the ACC championship game. If Clemson wins its next two games, it has clinched a spot in the ACC championship game. Clemson obviously would love to have that week off before it has to play in that game. So a lot of moving parts here, and those discussions are ongoing. Makes a lot of sense, Andrea. Thank you. To be continued. Uh, as for this week, of course, it's a holiday week. And Friday, we invite you to settle in with a plate of leftovers for our college football triple header. Number 15, Iowa State, and number 20, Texas, will kick it off. That's noon Eastern on ABC. Notre Dame faces North Carolina. That's at 3.30 and 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN. The rivalry game between number nine, Oregon, and Oregon State. Up next, though, which top five team has the best chance to get upset this week? Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Texas A&M will sound the upset alert straight ahead. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville. And now for this week's ultimate performance presented by BMW, Alabama senior wide receiver Devontae Smith set an SEC record, his 32nd and 33rd career touchdown catches in Saturday's big win over Kentucky. He passes former Crimson Tide great Amari Cooper and former Florida star Chris Doring. And speaking of the SEC, tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern, the SEC Network will debut its latest SEC story documentary with no experience required. The story of the Texas A&M 12th man kickoff coverage team made up of entirely walk-on players. Here's an excerpt. I asked him if he wanted to participate in the bonfire. He says, I'm with you. People think Aggie bonfire, they think a bunch of students throw a, a bunch of trash in a pile and you light it on fire. Uh-uh, <laughs> that's nothing like that. Six to 8,000 people involved. It's 70 to 80 feet high. And they have cranes and pulleys. I mean, it's a big, big deal. Coach Cheryl went to the bonfire stack, went and actually went up and worked on the bonfire stack. I was out on bonfire building the stack when Coach Cheryl was out there, and we were happy that he was there. Late at night, middle of the night, I guess maybe when he was worried about his future. I think he originally got up on that bonfire stack because everybody across the country was saying, Jackie's not getting the job done. I think he needed some good PR. These guys were core mates. These guys were roommates. They had a connection to the student body that none of the football players had. I said, I can find 11 guys that are tough and will do anything to get on the field that could make a kickoff team. Wow, time to discuss, though, the Capital One fan vote. Which top team 
has the best chance to get upset this week. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, or those Texas A&M Aggies, go to twitter.com slash sportscenter to check out this week's Capital One fan vote. Joey, let me ask you this. Out of those top four, in your opinion, who has the best chance of getting upset this weekend? Notre Dame, and they're playing a North Carolina team that is number one in the ACC in total offense. When Sam Howe gets rolling, uh, they are tough to stop, and they put up points in a hurry. Uh, they got the top, they got two of the top five rushers in the ACC. Defensively, not very good. But offensively, they're going to put some points up. Notre Dame's going to have to score and keep up with them if they're going to have a chance to win this game. But I would definitely be on upset alert if I'm Notre Dame going to North Carolina. Yeah, that's a dangerous right. matchup. Just because Greg. North Carolina has a has a veteran quarterback with great weapons on the perimeter, like you alluded to, they also are not a stranger to pulling off pretty remarkable upsets or at least having teams that are far better than them on the ropes. Just fast forward to last year. They played toe-to-toe against the best team in college football at the time. That was the Clemson Tigers. And they went all the way down the field with a chance to potentially win it. They call it triple option on a two-point conversion, and they're stopped short. Brent Venable's defense was not fooled. They denied that possibility of the upset, but they had Clemson on the ropes for a decent portion of that game, so they can do it. They've done it in the past, and they're going to have to play their best game of the year against a very well-rounded Notre Dame football team. It can happen, though, and they got a head coach that knows how to pull off the upset to that point. Again, the first college football playoff rankings tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern. We'll see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving.